Yes, it's the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey and today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact on a mission to help you maximize your use of marketing automation and CRM. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Now, today's guest. Awesome. I can't wait to introduce you. Today's Woo. guest is my favorite kind of academic, someone who has their feet planted in the halls of theory and science, and at the same time is in the real world testing out those theories. She is amazing. She is the assistant professor of marketing at SNHU, which is a killer university that is both local and online. People are getting degrees from it all over the U.S. She's also at the Harvard Extension School, Need I Say More, teaching classes on branding, social media, social media management, analytics. And we're going to talk about brand advocacy as well. And last but not least, and also important, she has her own consulting firm, really, Leela. And may I now introduce Dr. Leela Sammy. Welcome. Thank you, Casey. So happy to be here. So stoked to be talking about brand advocacy and busting yeah. some myths. We're super stoked. Oh, yeah. We're going to bust those myths. So <laughs> see, you're, you're just chomping at the bit to, to smash some bad strategy. I love this. Um, so super quick, we'll remind everyone the theme this month, the theme for the show is around social media. It was around that, that marketing automation maturity model, that roadmap we were telling people about before you go blast off some campaign or today we're talking about you know blasting some social Social media. Before you do that, you gotta you gotta do all the steps to prepare. So previous months we talked about getting to know your buyer or setting up tracking so you can actually get an ROI. And we talked about content marketing recently too. Now we're talking about that social conversation. We're talking about getting out there and having these open and authentic communications, social media, Twitters, everything, you name it. And we have the right person to school us today. Class is in session. I have my pen. I have my notepad. <laughs> Go smash some myths for me. What's, what are you seeing out there, whether it's in school or out in the real world? Tell me what you're seeing. Bogus strategy. People think they're doing social, but they're screwing it up. What are they doing? So the biggest thing I see uh, that people are screwing up on social is that they're just selling. They don't realize that social right. media is all about content, right? No one wants to be sold to on social. So um, I would say that's really one of the biggest myths that should be um, uh, busted before we even get started. So what are they doing? They're just like hopping around. They're saying like, but they're tweeting, buy my thing. That's just, that's yeah. the, all their tweets or all their shares or Facebook pages is just saying like, buy this, buy this, like it's a freaking ad. That's it. And some, you know, a lot of times um, they think they're doing it right because people are still buying from them. But what they're really doing is um, um, segregating the, the people that want to buy from them or the people that, want, that don't know about their brand because they just are not giving them any free content. So the I best thing they're, to they're separating out the people that want to buy who are, who are clicking on those things. So like, oh, this is working. It's like, no, actually, you're alienating everyone else who just wanted to find out more about you who doesn't want to just click and buy right now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's, you know, you don't need to do about 80% of the content that you're creating should be free. Just, um, you know, give some, some actual content and then 20% of the time sell, sell on social. So it is okay to do the selling, but we don't want to make it the bulk of it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you don't want to, um, just constantly be selling. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably good to note too. Cause sometimes you can go in the opposite direction. You can just be super non-salesy, but then you're not accomplishing the, the goal 
you know, the point you're there in the first place. We're here, we're marketing, we're trying to get B2B leads, we're trying to close deals. Like, so don't go off the other direction and not ever sell. You got to ask for the business sometimes. That makes exactly. Sense. Exactly. You do have to ask for the business once in a while um, because people need to know why you're there. Right? Yeah. Right? Jeez. Okay. Excellent. Smashed. That myth is gone. Don't just get on there and sell. And if you do, do a small percentage of it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. What else should we smash today? I'm sure there's a lot of people doing crazy social things. Oh, tons. So um, another, actually, another huge myth that I think needs to be smashed is the idea of not looking to your advocates. A lot of companies today are just using um, social media to focus on, um, again, creating content, which is great, but then um, they're not really focusing on building up advocates. And so I don't know if that's really a myth that needs to be smashed or more so just a um, best practice and what, what needs to be done. Got it. So yeah, we will definitely need to talk about advocates because that is, I know that's a big one for you. And I think there's one other one we chatted about. I would love to get your take on the idea of um, being social and it, and having that conversation and not just like blast. Okay. Not selling or you're doing 80, 20, but now you're just blasting out content. You're not actually engaging with people. Do you see that a lot? All the time. So even to um, talk about that myth, my, I always say social media, the first word in social media is social, right? So you need right. to be social. And so the focus of uh, social media is sometimes gets a little um, misconstrued and people just focus on either paid advertising or just, again, as you're saying, blasting out the content. And so what happens is that you really need to make sure that you're engaging with your audience, engaging, as I mentioned, with the brand advocates, um, engaging with people uh, um, that you want to be a part of your community on social media. And so what happens is people will just, um, just push out content and push out content but there's no social, right? And remember, first word in social media is social. Social, right. I think we're doing the media without the social. Okay, so we got to engage. How do we engage? What, you know, someone who maybe is doing it right or maybe they're doing it wrong and they're not sure. What, what things are you looking for in, in their Twitter feed to see that they're engaging? So I think the best thing is to follow certain keywords and then, um, so it depends on where you are in your social media strategy. If you're trying to really create brand awareness, um, and really just, um, acquire new customers, then the best thing to do is follow some certain, certain keywords, uh, connected to your brand and then find those specific people and start engaging with them. So either just, and it doesn't need to be super, um, creepy. It could be a little more passive and just resharing some of their content or, um, liking their content, just to say, hey, we're here, check us out. Uh, and the idea really is to start that relationship and build relationships on social media. Um, people people don't want to be sold to. I mean, just think about in face-to-face marketing. You're mm-hmm. not just going to be buy a product the first time you see an advertisement. It's better when you have that relationship and that connection between the uh, community and that person and your the brand. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've always kind of looked at social um, maybe this is just me being too analytical, but whenever I see a tweet or when I know I'm tweeting and I, people see my self or my tweets or my brands, you know, Cheshire Impact, whoever, it's almost like a brand impression, you know, and it's like that, that single tweet alone won't do it. But if you keep seeing it, it's going to be a name you're more familiar with, you know, it like it grows and it stay, 
you know, even if I've got some connections, there may be business contacts in, on Facebook, you know, there, you might see, I, like this morning, I just shared a picture of my daughter. She's dressed as like a, actually two of my kids, they're dressed like cowgirls and cowboys. They're, they had the jeans on the vest and the cowboy hat. And I just shared that, you know, and I think I put, I'm going to put something on, on Twitter about it. And it's just like, hey, this is what I care about. Here's something important. It's not necessarily selling anything, but it's reminding you like, oh, yeah, Casey, he, he, still, he right. still exists. And maybe I need to call him or maybe just, you know, the next time we, we go to chat, you remember, oh, hey, I, your daughter is the cutest ever. Right. <laughs> it just starts up that conversation. It makes it that much easier for business. So, yeah, I, I definitely see that even like a B2B sense, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, we can be following either our customers or our customers can be following us and, mm -hmm. and also knowing what they're up to, you know, right. staying in the loop with them. And it's like a, especially on Twitter, it's like a lighter version mm -hmm. of Facebook. You know, it'd be kind of creepy. Actually, I once had a, a, um, a salesperson like try to like add friend request me oh. on Facebook after our first sales call. And I was like, huh, it's a little weird. It's a little yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> I totally, yeah, that's always yeah. A, that fine line, right? What is too, too soon, right? Is it too soon to yeah. just jump right in and become friends on Facebook? But Twitter, to your point, is so much more, um, it's not as, it's a little more out there, right? It's a little, it's not as intimate as Facebook. Right. Facebook is really your personal life, so. Yeah, and your family too, you know, it, yeah. with, with Facebook, it's like, here's pictures of my kids and mm. like I just talked about. And so, there's certain people I'm okay with you seeing that, but mm -hmm. the random stranger, I'm probably going to vet you out. Do I need you <laughs> knowing what my kids look like and, you know, all sorts of inside information? Probably not. Probably not. It's so true. You know, maybe a partner though. Partners totally, you know. Yeah. yeah. We work together. We're in the battle together. Cool. Um, yep. Bridging that work-life type balance there. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it, when is it too weird? But, but at least you're having that conversation. And I found that at least when I reach out, Sometimes the best thing to do on, say, Twitter, for instance, is uh -huh. just to go through your feed and interact with the people you follow. Right. It's not even like your own thing. You know, it's not yeah. even about you. It's about them. And eventually, when it comes time for you to do your sharing, they might be retweeting it because you've been thinking about them. And it, not in a, you know, in a weird, sketchy way. You're just, hey, I'm, I'm liking your stuff, retweeting right. your stuff. And then maybe you go to do your thing, they're retweeting you. You know? Exactly. It's like that natural partnership as opposed to... You know, to your point, people just blasting it out there, and and hey, why does no one retweet me? Cause yeah. you're a jerk. Cause yeah. spamming people on Twitter, you know. Yeah, and it's so funny because I I always find the fine line between commenting as a brand, right? So like when my clients yeah. are commenting to people, like where is that fine line? Because you don't want to, to your point, spam people and just be like buy our product or hey, that's really cool, and and you know people are smart, so they know. Right. The, the um, implicit what you're trying to get across. But I think it's, it's starting the relationship. Maybe it's like saying hi, liking a, liking a tweet and then resharing. And that's a little more, hey, how's it going? And then actually getting to the full set conversation. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. That's definitely the case. Uh, and brands could do it right. Yeah. Maybe Anybody can not. do it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, do you, so you actually, uh, you, in, in your business, you actually help brands while you're doing the, 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 the tweets for them or you advise them on how to do it? What kind of approach do you take? Um, I personally try to just do more of the strategic advising. And when I, yeah. um, and more so I do trainings. That's, that's really where my forte lies and getting people from one level of what I call social media maturity 
to the next level. Um, but I do, you know, some, if people are in need, I'll, I'll, I'll help them out with some tweets and some Facebook posts. Um, but I, you know, that's, that's not exactly where, um, they want to pay me. I would have to say. (laughs) It's easier to teach them to fish, you know? Um, so this is interesting though, maturity model. So do you have like a, a, a stepped tiered path or, or what people, so what's zero, what's like zero state for, just not on anything. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I call uh, it the hope phase. <laughs> oh, okay. Tell me, yeah. Tell me about what, what's the hope phase. So the hope phase is you have nothing. And so you, you're just putting, um, putting together, you know, a Twitter account, the, just usually the main Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, I mean, Facebook, fa- main social media yeah. platform. So Facebook, Twitter, um, depending on the company, LinkedIn, Pinterest, definitely. Um, and then either a blog or a blog or something along those lines. And at that point, you're just making, you're doing your keyword research. You're um, trying to see what your brand image is online, learning about the culture. And then you go next to the purpose phase. So now you're going in with a little bit more of a purpose and you start um, posting a little bit of comment content, start, you know, engaging a little bit with your um, community. And along the way, this is another myth. Make sure you're measuring, right? Always measure what you're doing. Yep. Um, and then moving into what I call the appreciation phase where you're getting social media. You mm-hmm. understand that it's not just, um, what is it? Um, you're just blasting out content to blast out content, but you're really starting to move more into a strategic um, um, framework. And then finally, the last phase is what I call the wisdom phase because now you get it, you understand. And this is really where you focus in on your brand advocates to create the content for you. Um, and now at this point, you're, you're just focusing more on the message that's mm-hmm. being posted and resharing brand advocate content, um, getting your employees involved. And at that point, it's, you're, you're just being strategic more so than just, um, what is this spray and hope? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Just, sort of <laughs> yeah. just hoping that sort of something lands somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and, and, and what I find is that I work with a lot of small businesses, like really small businesses and they don't have the manpower. And at the end of the day, they can't build up the content base. So I sure. really try to get them to the wisdom phase as quickly as possible. Um, so you get others to create content for you. So hope, purpose, appreciation or wisdom. Yep. That's it. Okay. And you know, I guess if you're, you're less than the hope phase, you're not even trying. Right. And probably, but the conversations are still happening. People are still mm-hmm. talking about you on social. You're just not a part of the conversation. Exactly. So you exactly. have no, no ability to control or reply or anything. No, no, you have, no, you have nothing really. I mean, I mean, at that point, usually I would say companies, there's, there's three re- or there's two to three reasons why people aren't on social one. They don't have the time and, right. and it happens. Right. Um, the second really is that the, um, C level, the managers, the owners are too scared. They still don't understand the, what social is all about and right. they're afraid to give up control. And we hear that all the time still. Um, so that's really the two big reasons uh, that I, I usually find why people aren't on social. Interesting. Yeah. They just don't, it either doesn't even matter to them or they don't think, they don't think it's going to matter or they just don't know what right. to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So. What about students? <laughs> I mean, do they, do they come to class feeling like, look, I'm a, I'm on Instagram. I snap, I got this thing. 
Uh, and do they tend to know more than those businesses or are they, are they lost in their own way? Like how, what kind of differences do you see between the classroom and then the business owners and those kind of folks you work with? I think it's, and it's so funny you say this because, um, in one of my classes right now, we, the capstone in our social media minor, I have the students take over a happiness campaign and they go from, I, they do everything, everything. All my students. Happiness campaign. Yeah. So we, um, spread happiness across campus and what we do, it's so fun, right? I mean, what else, why wouldn't you want to spread happiness? Yeah. I mean, Um, you could (laughs) spread a not happy campaign. It doesn't sound like fun. No. Not at all. Um, and so I, I won't give you the background, but the purpose of it really was that happiness increases your motivation to do something. Sure. So when I found this out, I said, hmm, how can I get my students more motivated? Yeah. <laughs> and so we started um, spreading happiness around campus, which was great. Um, and it's and it's interesting because all the students still have access that were in the previous classes. Um, to this um, page that we have. It's it's called Happy in 21. So it's Facebook. They have a blog, Instagram, and Twitter. I, you know, I try to cut them off and keep them um, pretty focused because it's only for a semester. Right. Um, so they spread happiness around campus, but the students, you know, they, um, in this, the capstone of the, the minor class, they've been through so many social media classes and they sometimes forget those basic principles. Like, you should hashtag. You should once in a while reach out to people. You should be social. Um, And so they know what to do. But I just feel like they, similar to businesses, they sometimes can get a little forgetful and um, just forget the foundation of what to do. And so usually students know how to tweet, but they don't know how to be strategic or they won't look at the numbers again. Yes. Same thing with businesses, right? Um, a lot of my clients, they post great content, but they don't look at the um, analytics to see how to be strategic. Interesting. It's like they know the application. They've mm-hmm. tweeted before, or shared, whatever the platform is, and they're comfortable doing that. They may even know about hashtags, but they not, may not know why they use them. They right. may use them because everyone else does um, yeah. or maybe use them to get more followers of their Instagram page. Uh, mm-hmm. But they but yeah, not being strategic. So, and now they're one step ahead of the business owner who's probably like, I don't even, <laughs> is this the Facebook? What is this thing? Right. And like, no, actually, this is how you do it. So there's a little bit of that how to, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, in, and we've probably both seen this, the the technology side of it. I mean, that's, that's important, but you got to start with the strategy. You know, you have right. the strategy. And for us, we like talking about process after that. And then you do technology. So that's cool. You know the tech already. That'll come in handy when it comes time to actually tweet or share or post. But more importantly is what are you going to post about? Why? How do you be more deliberate and intentional with what you're doing? Because, you know, they probably, they were doing it just to do it, you know, or right. not even realizing why they were doing it. Maybe muscle memory wasn't social, but they, they weren't, they weren't being deliberate. There's some, some things you could tweak or change and they'd be that much better. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and it's usually, and the funny thing is usually if you're more strategic, you are spending less time on social, right? In the sense that now you know when to post, you know what to post. So you're not just blasting out content, but now it's very to your perfect terminology, intentional in what you're doing. So if you just spend more time and this is part of the social media maturity model, measuring the, um, 
doing more of the measurements and the analytics, then the content is more um, intentional and, and more what your audience wants. Got it. So when you nail that measurement, it actually makes you more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, in everything we do. Yeah. Social. I think oh, we forget that we have the tools now. And that's a great thing about social and digital, but more so social is every, there's so many free tools. Um, you know, we're talking about brand advocacy and I, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure about this, if it's free or not, but Hootsuite just came out with this tool called Amplify. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's been on the market for about a year, maybe even like six, seven months, but, um, it's helping you create employee advocates online. So um, we have so much out there. And if it's not free, it's super reasonable, reasonably priced. What do you use? Oh, I use. <laughs> <laughs> or is this like the, the, uh, the, you know, the cobbler's shoes or something, you know, <laughs> you and I were just old, you know, OG. We're just, you know, right on the, on the website itself sharing. Or, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I actually, the thing is I use a lot and, oh. um, it's because the tools that I want are just my clients won't pay for them. So instead I just have to use a ton of little free tools or, um, freemium gotcha. tools. Um, cause so, but I use Hootsuite, um, Spout Social, Hashtagify Me. That's great for finding new hashtags. Okay. Um, uh, now my list is not coming to me off the top. Oh, a great one. Um, I should have written these down is one. It's a Facebook group um, tool. And that's another thing about brand advocacy is if you can do private groups on Facebook, that helps a lot. Um, that's cool. I just can't think of the name right now. It's not coming. Well, that's cool. I mean, we'll get the list later. I'll put them okay. in the show notes for sure. Sounds um, good. Now, if there was something that you're, I mean, you should just make your clients pay, but, uh, what, what, what kind of tools would you be using if, if they had unlimited budget? Unlimited budget. I would say, um, simply measured is huge, but Sprout social just bought simply measure, but really? that isn't, yeah, it's, uh, an all encompassing tool. It's amazing. That's cool. It's, um, has everything you need on it. So that's, that is what I would use, but, um, none of my clients want to shell out that money. So. <laughs> it's too bad they don't have like an agency model. For yeah. I, I know some of the guys over at Sprout, they used to work over at Pardot before. And so oh, yeah. Before they all, so a lot of them migrated. You know, you, you, you see like a whole bunch of people in the sales, you know, sales leaders move somewhere yeah. and then their their team or their their trusted inner circle of sales reps follows yeah. them. It's kind of neat to, to see that. Um, it's like it's such a small world in the tech, you know, the SaaS tech marketing space. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So, okay. So, you know, definitely the Hootsuite. I use, I use Hootsuite myself and, um, but yeah, maybe we'll get Sprout Social on here and, and yeah. see what's up. What's up Sprout. Yeah. Um, and maybe even Hootsuite too. Maybe we'll have them like Battle Royale yeah. <laughs> on the podcast and, and uh, see which one wins. And the winner will recommend them to everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah. It's like the MTV, um, remember those, the fighting thing? <laughs> was it like the, the road rules one where they like, they battled each other? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. See, now you're just dating yourself though. Cause like, I know. like MTV, what's that? Is, is that on Netflix? Uh, not really. <sighs> not really. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's, let's dive into this advocacy thing. I know you're, you're really big into it. Um, what is it? What, what are we talking about here? Classes in session. I'm taking notes. So, um, the great thing about advocacy is again, this is, I always try to help companies, um, be as efficient as possible. 
comfortable on social media and advocacies will advocacies brand advocates will talk about your brand whether you ask them to or not, right? Yeah. And so um, they really have a strong affinity to the brand. They have a good relationship. And the idea is if you can tap into them, know who your brand advocates are, they can spread and, and give them a message to spread. They spread your message so much more, um, uh, so much more, I don't want to say easily, but efficiently because they understand the culture that they're speaking to as well huh. and the, sorry, the culture of the community that they're speaking to. Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, 58% of companies today don't even know their brand advocates. This is a um, stat I found on social media today. And then the ones that, and the ones that do only 80, 20% of them actually leverage their brand advocates. Interesting. So some of them don't know who they are and then some know who they are, but they're not doing anything with it. Only 20% of the brand. So that's, that's a really, that's a real edge, you know, in, Mm -hmm get to know and how do you identify how do you how do you do that first step identify who your advocates are so are there any just quick question for you um i love questions i never get questions (laughs) wish i had more questions (laughs) i should be maybe we can do a little switcheroo one day yeah switcheroo yeah Um, we'll do it at the the 30 minute mark you'll just take the show and i'll I'll be your guest perfect (laughs) (laughs) do you ever um have people that you constantly see liking your posts or resharing your posts or commenting to you? Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. You kind of just see their name. Yeah. You just see their name yeah. and you're like, what? thanks. Thanks. You know, you get excited. These are, these are, I would say are part of your brand advocacy circle. And then you're, if you don't um, really empower them, you're going to lose them. And that's what you typically find. Um, and you can, and I focus again specifically on social media because you have brand advocates out um, with your clients and that's great, yeah. but they're not, maybe they're the ones that are liking your post. Maybe they're not, but it's really just spreading that brand awareness. Um, and maybe also brand advocates will be the ones that are um, creating content about your brand or always mentioning your brand online. Right. So it's really trying to build them up. Um, and empower them because if you're not empowering them again, you're going to lose them. So a few ways you really want to find out who your brand um, advocates are is just listen, just pay attention um, and really engage and then start engaging with them and then um, empower them. And that's, you know, that's really it. And it's it's just one tweet. Like if someone's like Casey's the best, Mm -hmm. yeah, are they an advocate (laughs) or do they have to say, that a couple times, like a couple posts. Do you do you draw a line, or is it just anyone that says something positive about you? So I wouldn't. It depends. Um, I wouldn't say that it's just one time. I would say it would have to be you know a few times at least. Right. But um, a few. I would say a few times, and then making sure that it's a um, that they're engaging with you too. So um, there, you could look at different levels of brand advocacy, yeah. but it's really mostly dependent on um, the. Uh, the, really how engaged are they with you? So, um, you know, are they commenting on your Facebook post constantly or providing their feedback? Got it. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it's, I definitely know that I'm a advocate for a couple brands like mm-hmm. Delta airlines and who else? You know, just, you know, there's brands that I appreciate and I'm always mm-hmm. just thankful for. And, right. uh, Oh, zoom, zoom meeting. Like oh yeah. Right now. I love those guys. I actually tweeted them the other day and I said, uh, I did the lyrics from that love song. Like I, <laughs> I was like, wise men said only fools fall in love. And, I, and like, and I, I put a comma in between each every word. And then I, <laughs> a picture of me with a heart 
um, telling Zoom that I love them I love because them. I was on GoToMeeting and I did this very first podcast in GoToMeeting only to find out that GoToMeeting doesn't record video oh, no. unless you share screens. And so my first podcast, there is no video because <laughs> it had audio, thankfully, but there was yeah. no video. And then Zoom actually will do separate audio tracks per speaker. So oh, I didn't realize if your that. goofy mic messes up, that's cool. We can adjust you without messing with my buttery voice on this amazing mic, <laughs> right? So it's like you can control that. Go to meeting, not so much. And so if go to meeting, um, and we were like their advocates for a long time, but then you know Zoom came in. Actually, Zoom's a client of Treasure Impact too. We, we oh cool, wow. Uh, so it's it's kind of like a neat thing where they're like they work with us, we work with them. But but now that I've actually used their their tool, I'm like a huge fan. Right, Spotify awesome. too. Spotify too. I did, I was using like old school iTunes or whatever, and we started mm-hmm. working with them um, doing some some work, and then all of a sudden, like I should probably download their app. And, <laughs> And not like show up to a meeting listening to music on, you know, I don't know, not their app. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love Spotify. So uh, awesome. now I'm like a huge fan. I haven't tweeted them a heart yet, though. But they actually have an awesome marketing campaign, too. I don't know if you've ever. Do they? Uh, well, I don't know if you, you must have, uh, you're running their marketing campaign, but they're, they're amazing. Like some of their billboards and stuff, even. Which, oh, yeah. Billboards no, are I haven't, David, I haven't so seen any of the billboards. What do they say? Uh, There's one that was, uh, what did it say? It gave a number and it said, a number of guys that loved our uh, Valentine's Day mix, we love you too. And it was right around like Valentine's Day. And, I don't know. It was That's just a like, good funny. point. Yeah, yeah, like oh, I need, I need some, I need some smooth music for tonight. <laughs> Spotify, help me out. And it's like, we got you, we got you, bro. Here's, so here's twenty playlists that might apply. Um, you know, that's funny. I was actually on my dad's boat in northern New Hampshire and you know plugging in some music and if I leave the music up to him you know Uh, know so I plug in Spotify and I'm thinking huh I need like boat music so Spotify type in like summer boat music and there's like no kidding like two or three playlists that it's like summer boating music and it's all like the songs that works well with sunblock and and uh, and all that you know, it, it was beautiful. We had it blasting through the, the speakers of the boat. So another great brand. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan. So cool. Okay, so advocates, you got to listen yeah. to find them first. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that are constantly saying things. Yep. Uh, if you're not sure what that looks like, just follow me, Casey Chash, on Twitter and watch me profess my love for Delta Airlines. <laughs> exactly. And uh, all those. Actually, did you hear about the... That JetBlue love story? I yeah yeah they um that that's what the I, that was what they played off of was the brand advocacy right I, I can't remember it off the top of my head right now yeah let's I, see where is he um yeah I think it, is it Paul Brown yeah Paul Brown um let me just pull it up here but yeah I I had a chance to uh, hear a talk um it was from the VP of marketing at JetBlue. Oh, wow. oh yeah, there it is. It's Paul Gordon Brown. This is a great one. He has a an eight minute video, mm-hmm. and it's called "My Improbable Love Affair with JetBlue," <laughs> and it's awesome. And it was funny because the it was the VP of Marketing for JetBlue saying, "Here, and to your point, here's a brand advocate," right. and he described how it happened. And, and Paul, uh, in his video, talks about what happened. It was in 
out of Boston here. Um, it, he was late for a flight. He gets to the plane. He's sitting on the, on the plane and he didn't get a chance to get his Starbucks. And it, you know, sometimes you need that caffeine fix and he didn't, he didn't have it. So he took to Twitter and he said, you know, Hey, JetBlue, does this seat come with Starbucks? Now the real secret is if you'd flown Delta, it comes with Starbucks, but but does it really? Just saying, just saying. Oh. <laughs> so JetBlue, I don't know what you brand you have, but anyways, so so you know he flew JetBlue, so he didn't have auto auto Starbucks. Um, yeah. I'm just you know a little word in for my brand, but uh, so <laughs> so he tweeted like, hey, does this thing come with you know does does this seat come with a, a latte mocha latte you know trend <laughs> whatever? What he sort of described it, and no kidding, one of the airport managers for JetBlue saw the tweet. It was like you know what? I'm not doing anything right now. Went to Starbucks, bought the coffee and um, went to the, the plane as it was loading. And they're like, oh, you know, Paul Gordon Brown, uh, please. Uh, or, you know, ring, you know, ring your button. Right. And they, he brought him a coffee and he was so like surprised and shocked and bewildered and yeah, good for them for yeah. creating a little magic moment that, he created this whole, and this is the right guy to do this to. He created this whole adventure, mm-hmm. in a love story with him and JetBlue. And he has amazing examples uh, in there. At one point, he asks JetBlue on Twitter if he should wear the white shirt or the blue <laughs> And he took a picture of it on laying on his bed before he traveled. He's like, JetBlue, which one should I go with? <laughs> JetBlue replied, was like, go with, go with the blue, you know. <laughs> Go with the plaid. You have to look this um, up. And yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it just kept going back and forth. And he'd say, oh, I love you, JetBlue. And they're like, we love you back and back and back and back. And then eventually, um, I, and I think I, I talked about this before, but I just, I love this story. Um, yeah. Eventually, uh, for Valentine's Day, he wrote like this, hi, this haiku, right? No way. <laughs> the, yeah, he wrote a haiku to them and how much he loved them. I think he <laughs> bought them some chocolate and took a picture of it. Um, <laughs> And they actually created a badge on the JetBlue app. Apparently, it tells you, hey, you're in Dallas, you're in Houston, you're in this, and mm-hmm. you get a badge every time you go to a new city. Well, they created a Paul Gordon Brown badge. Um, oh, yeah. And, um, and he, so, Paul, uh, P, his, so Paul Brown, PB, mm-hmm. they called it the PB and J badge. That's uh, hilarious. Like, the oh two my of God. us are better together. <laughs> PB and J badge. And he's the only one that will ever have that badge. That's cool. And you know what? The story's being told. You're telling it, right? And I'm telling it. They're empowering their their brand advocates. And that's really what they should have done. This is an amazing story. I mean, think about how far. And imagine, and they didn't have to, they didn't have to go get them a coffee. And they just, it was get them, what, actually it's Starbucks, a four or $5 coffee. Yeah, that that was probably some expensive stuff. Probably spent eight fifty on that stupid coffee, but hey, you know the amount of advertising they've gotten from it. I mean, clearly, even on the the hardcore marketing show, all the all the per minute they've gotten. But no, it's it's what a great story. And and so the the dot 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 to that is that after hearing this talk, I tweeted at Delta because um, I wanted to you know put the love to the test here. And so I I said, hey, you know, great great, uh, you know, hey JetBlue, I, you know, love the Prezzo. Sounds like you guys are the best, but my heart's still with Delta. <laughs> and and but I wanted to see like who's gonna reply back first. Yeah. Is it gonna be Delta or is JetBlue gonna beat them? And then maybe I need to like reevaluate. But thankfully, <laughs> Delta they wrote back first. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. Oh, good. Like, 
my, my alignments and allegiances. You know, imagine that, right? They didn't, they, you know, they never wrote back. And then yeah. maybe I'm like, well, JetBlue cares more, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> thankfully they didn't. Now, I've, they haven't picked out my shirts for me. I don't think they have time, unfortunately. Um, I've tweeted my love to them a few times. Nope. <laughs> coming to, you know, KNC here, but. Uh, <laughs> One day. Don't keep trying. I mean, keep trying. Sorry. Yeah, keep trying. Keep trying. It'll it'll happen. It'll happen. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So those stories are fun. You know, I just love. That's the best one I've heard. And you know, you got to be listening. To your point, you uh, do for those advocates. You're you're listening for the people that are upset to try to help them, but you're also listening for the people that are happy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, The other day, Delta was having a crazy storm, and obviously they didn't create the storm. Right. Uh, so I was like, hey, your call center has an hour and a half wait. Good luck. Like, right. I, hope, I hope your day goes better. <laughs> I'm sure you're having one of those days. <laughs> right. Um, I'm all set, but good luck to you. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because sometimes you can um, – what companies do there, even if they don't have those types of moments, but they can do them almost on smaller scales to get bigger results. Um, so we'll do like at SNHU, what we have, which is actually a really cool. The alumni office does, and we see these all the time now, but Twitter takeovers. So, um, they have alumni come back and just take over the Twitter and have, um, people tweet about their day and go throughout their day, which, yeah, it's not just what it might not get the same press as like JetBlue does with their Paul Gordon Brown PBJ yeah. badge, but PBJ badge. Yeah. So they, <laughs> it's cool. What do they do? They take over. The alumni takes over the corporate account or? Yeah, well, not the corporate. It's a, it's a specific Twitter account and they just take people through their day. So, um, and it's cool because then alumni find out about it and then they actually approach um, SNHU and say, hey, can I take over your Twitter account? And they run a little story on them. So it's kind of oh. fun and yeah, you can see where you're going. And Now, is this like I'm brushing my teeth right now or is this? I mean, if you want. But no, <laughs> it's more like this is what my day's like at my job. So, right. um, yeah, it's pretty cool. There's one that I remember and I always talk about it. Uh, this girl was on, one of our alumni was on, um, she was a communication, she worked in communications and she was um, at one of the college football games that I think it was like, uh, gosh, I should, Auburn University or something. Sure. So it was a pretty big game. Um but it was cool to see her, you know, working and what, what other students can be doing. So it also, right. We talk about where, what are your goals? So bring it back to being strategic and yeah. um, that's important. So it's not as well, fun as again, the jet blue story, but it's, you know, a little, well, no, I mean, it, it, these yeah. are all different things, but you actually bring up a great point. How do you be strategic with social? Ah, good question. I'm yeah. so happy you asked. <laughs> yes. You're like, yes, um, go, come into my evil lair. <laughs> you ever, um, so the first thing is just know what your business goals are, yeah. right? What do you want overall? And then align those with how are you going to support your business goals? So, um, you know, are you trying to increase uh, revenue sales? What, you know, what's, which one are you really focusing in on? And then based on that, you would focus more on, are we trying to get more engagement and get people to come back and buy our products, right? Right. Or our services, or are we just trying to um, just increase sales and that's it. Right. Right. And so the two focuses then with social media, that's what you're going to look at. Are you going to increase brand awareness? Right. And just try to get more amplification or are you going to really focus in on brand advocates? And, um, 
I would say based on that, always have, you know, look at historical data, see where you are, see where you want to be, and then focus in on what your um, strategy is. So say, for instance, you want to increase um, your brand awareness. Well, the metrics you're going to be looking at are going to be more focused on retweets and reshares and comments more so than just um, focusing in on those brand advocates and empowering those brand advocates. So it's really, you know, when you're measuring, what measurement are you going to focus in on more so, um, or which metrics, sorry. So, because you can't do everything, right? You can't be everything to everyone at all at the same time. And if you just focus in on what you want to be at that moment in time. So if it is uh, focusing on brand advocates. Um, When I was at my last institution, we actually had an 80% growth rate in enrollment. um, And I say it was all because of social media. Um, and we had a very limited marketing budget. And what I did was I wanted to increase enrollment, but I focused in on our brand advocates, which are our students and had them all create blog posts. And so we ended up having an international reach, um, just through the the blog posts. And because what we were offering, nobody else was offering, which was a master's in digital marketing and analytics. How, how many different students did the blog posts? Um, I think it was about 10. So if we had 10 students and each one did a blog post every eight weeks, if you think about that content, we're pushing out so quickly. And then we focused on on certain keywords um, and we had the students working on certain keywords. So it's really cool because we created this, like what's known in the academic world, a user generated brand um, where, you know, and then if you think about when we post the blog, the students would get excited, post to their communities on social media. And then it was just, uh, um, it was like a nice little wave. Just take it. Yeah. I love that. I love when you're empowering, whether it's your brand advocates or even your employees to do that kind of a thing. And I know drift recently when I was chatting with them, they Mm -hmm. had one particular day, a new feature came out and they had every single employee in their company do a quick little video on LinkedIn and basically broke LinkedIn because wow, all these, amazing. all these, you know, distributed networks were all saying the same thing mm-hmm. across the board. And it was that, to your point, that amplification effect mm-hmm. of just having everyone saying something was so powerful. Right. And if you use the same keywords, that's even better, right? So if you yeah. have a structured message, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's a little, but that's that's what marketing is today, right? It's it's right. just how many people can you reach at the same time with the same message. Right, right. So what I'm hearing on the strategic side is have those business goals first. Makes sense. Start with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. A lot of sense. And then to your second point, measure. Measure. You know, know where you want to go and mm-hmm. then measure the steps to get there. Um, you know what's kind of funny is I think a lot of people use the word strategic a lot. and. Mm-hmm. It was funny is that the other day I actually looked it up in the dictionary and, and it was about as simple as um, know where you want to go mm-hmm. and have an action plan to get there. Like that's it. But sometimes we're like, oh, let's have a strategic meeting to d- discuss the strategy of our strategic plan of our strategic initiative. And <laughs> like, what does that even mean? That's all right. Well, right. technically it just means let's have a goal and let's make steps to get there. And I think anything that, isn't addressing those two things, you're using strategy in some other sense. You're trying to make right. it some something bigger than it is. I think sometimes we're like, ooh, how do we get strategic? Well, it's like have that have that destination, you know, in mm-hmm. mind. And right. you know, it's working with people like you who can say, uh, like, I don't know what my destination is. You're like, 
I will tell you, like, is this more important or is this more important? Right. And you're like, right. that is like, great. <laughs> Your goal, let's make it a hundred. Now let's make <laughs> yeah. this. Now let's, let's make the second hard part then is, well, how do I get there? You know, and right. make steps to get there. And then to your point, measure makes a lot of right. sense. So yeah. how, how, how did you first start into social media? Do you, what, what's your, uh, you know, what, do you remember your first tweet? <laughs> I do. Do you? I do. It was to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. And I said something like, um, hi, Snoop. D-O-double-G or something. I was just, <laughs> but I do. My brother actually um, got me into social media. He's been a huge part of my life. And he um, actually was the one that said, you should get on Twitter and then on Foursquare. And then yeah. um, kind of kind of pushed me in the direction that way, which was kind of cool. It's interesting because you mentioned Foursquare. Like that, that's gone by, well, basically bye-bye. Uh, yeah, I know it's still oh. around, but uh, for the longest time we were all checking in on Foursquare. Hey, where you at? Check yeah, you know Foursquare. Now we just check in when we're posting on Facebook. You know, oh. if anything, if, if anything, anything. If they anything. just that. But yeah, so I think for me, Twitter. I, I got a job in online oh. marketing as a coordinator, online marketing coordinator, oh, cool. many moons ago, and my boss, who was one of my first Yodas for my career, just schooling me on everything. He oh. said, "Hey." go get this Twitter thing. And I had heard of it. And I, I tend to be kind of a late adopter because I like everyone else to beta test for me, like the mm-hmm. iPhone. I'll get the iPhone 10 when the 15 yeah. is out, you know, yep, so yep. all the bugs are gone, all that. But this boss, he had said, Hey, go get, go sign up for Twitter. And I'm like, okay, I'll go get it. And then that was just, you know, that's where that foray into it. Yeah. yeah. I think I was uh, in the 14 million users. Group. Oh, wow. Um, which sounds like, uh, I don't know, depending on where you look at it from, I think yeah. now like hundreds of million. Yeah, that's true. So I wasn't too late to the, to the party, but I wasn't like, the first the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the, the, the early part of the curve there. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's interesting how it's, it's changed over time too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think there was a, I don't know. Do you, do you see that? Where, where do you see it now? Do you see things having changed on Twitter or, or social in general? Where, where do you see those things going to? So, you know, I, I, it's so funny. Um, I still follow the traditional um, social media principles in the sense, the social, right? Everyone says, no, do paid. And I say, no, keep social social because that's what it's all about. And I think it's kind of lost that a little bit, mm. um, but it has changed a lot. And, and I think Facebook, the greatest thing that Facebook uh, focused in on at first was trying to see what social media was all about. And that's why they grew so much. Um, when they started going to uh, for, start preparing for their IPO, that's when they introduced paid ads. Right. Which is kind of interesting, which I don't, um, you know, paid ads definitely have a point, but I, I, I always get a little nostalgic about the social part of it. Uh, the social part about Facebook, but, um, you know, Facebook is still, everyone thinks that, you know, we're going to, Facebook won't be around. I think it's always going to be there or at least Mm -hmm. for, um, the majority of our lifetime Twitter, on the other hand, the, um, they've been great. And I think they're starting to finally figure out their brand identity, you know, they, 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 their challenge with them is they didn't know what they were for so long, but now, right. Don't you feel, and it's such a great tool. What are they? How would you describe that? An information source. Like Some people say blogging or something. Yeah. It's a microblog, but it's more of like an information source where mm. people go there for 
information, whether it's news or just learning what's going on out in the world. Yeah. Um, and they still have a huge user base and people say it's dying. And I mean, it might be dying. It might not be growing as much anymore, but it still has a huge user base. You know, it's interesting because you know, Adam Hutchinson was on and he's from Sosito and he was saying, I, apparently the, their numbers are actually growing on Twitter. Mm. And that might tie into your point where they finally figured out who they are and what their message is and who their audience is. Right. And they're growing. But I, you know, I wonder if it's growing in the U.S. too. I don't know if I remember that part. But yeah, are growing. And I know they were part of you know, the Arab Spring and the different mm-hmm. – you know, everything else is shut down. You know, Twitter was still there and people were organizing and all that right. with Twitter. Of course, now if you're, if you're an evil dictator, you're like, okay – Twitter gets the axe. It's yeah. The coup starts. It like, it's, it happens. Um, but it was certainly something that was, you know, part of that movement. So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting, interesting model. Definitely. Um, so cool. I, you know, tell me more about you. Like how did you, how did you become this, this social media wizard, you know, with feet in academics oh. and academics and consulting and take me back. How did this, how, how did, who are you? <laughs> Well, so, um, well, let me tell you, do you have a seat? Yeah. How long do you have? No. Don't so I started, <laughs> so I actually, my, um, I always, you know, I'll, I always say I'm a student no matter what, you know, every day I'm learning something new. Um, but I started, um, my undergrad as a psychology major and then mm-hmm. I was, um, a forensic psych, I was getting a degree in forensic psych as a forensic psychology. And it was really interesting, a little heavy. Um, and I, at the same time, I was t- getting a master's um, and, and an MBA, actually, because I, wanted, I knew I always wanted to be in administration as well. And so I took an international marketing course in the summer and um, while I was getting my master's in forensic psych and realized that it was happy. It was basically yeah. similar to psychology, but a lot happier. I was working with... Um, psychopathy and domestic violence and it was it was challenging but it so gave me a forensic psychology just to interrupt you so yeah. you were like csi you were like doing i wanted to be you wanted to be like yeah. crime scene investigations and figuring like be an fbi profiler and all is that what that master was setting you up for i was well i was more focused on helping people um like kids with challenge like kids with conduct disorder that was really Got my focus it. okay but it was, I mean, it was, there were times that it was super challenging and that's kind of. And dark, um, right? Because everyone's got a massive issue that's probably ruining their life and the life of people around them. Exactly. It was sad. Exactly it was, like a happiness campaign. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you. Just feel a little, yeah. <laughs> it, and I realized it was more than that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I respect more than anything people that can do that because I couldn't, you know, it was, uh, it was it was really challenging. And, um, so you, yeah. so you did this, this international thing and you're like, this is cool. So is it, you just sort of yeah. it up or did you finish it out? Um, I'm, you- I'm very close to finishing. I think I've, yeah, I never did. I, I got another master. So I said, I don't really need that anymore, True. but I'm, yeah. if I had, I had like probably a month left. I think of, <laughs> maybe That's when you're eight, you can go back and you're more salty from life. And you're like, ah, Happiness is for the birds. <laughs> yeah. Go back and get your, I'm gonna yeah. Yeah, yeah. The old lady that goes to crime scenes and is like, Yeah, yeah. I know You should do this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so 
I realized that, you know, marketing's happy. And then um, yeah. my instructor at the time uh, talked me into getting my PhD. And I said, sure, why not? I, I was yeah. trying something new anyways. And um, I started and it was great. I was, um, it was funny though, because during my PhD, like I loved social media and I'm just a very social person. Sure. And um, and I would kept thinking, you know, I had such a different background than everyone else. I had the psych background and I kept hearing this thing, word of mouth marketing. And I, I was like, what, what's word of mouth? And, and I realized Facebook and social media, that is the premise, right? right. Of what, what word of mouth marketing is. It's, I mean, so with social media is it's all word of mouth marketing. So sure. I saw that connection and um, I kept saying I wanted to focus on social media and all my projects and people laughed at me, rolled their eyes, said, you think you can use social media for marketing? You think it's going to actually yeah, be How did you do that? I mean, I can only imagine a school being set in its ways. And you're like, I'm going to do this cool thing. It's the future. Yeah. And they're like, really? Don't you know we're education? We lag behind all these <laughs> eight decades. I can't believe you possibly want to get a degree in this. Right. It's so, so you true. had to like fight that battle then. Oh, I fought it. And it was good. But you know what? Sometimes you just don't listen to people and you keep going and put your head down. And yeah. it was good. And then... um you know, I got, I would, because I, I, I kept hearing and I agreed that I didn't have any work experience. And so during my program, what I would do is I would go get internships and try to work for people that needed, um, social media help. I mean, why yeah. not? Right. And totally. so, um, I got some experience and then I got, um, my finished my doctorate and first job was managing a master's of digital marketing and analytics that had a curriculum, but no content in the curriculum. Oh yeah, of course. So, no content. Yeah. So I built that out and then nice. I, but I loved SNHU and I knew I wanted to come back. I, you know, the fast paced environment and that um, ability to change and be nimble and yeah. um, the culture is just I'm a huge brand advocate. I'm an employee, you know, like it is yeah, it's the best kind. Really, it's just, it's great. And you'll notice that too. I mean, I was thinking about it this morning. If you go on Twitter and the number of faculty and staff and students that are tweeting about uh, SNHU, it's all positive, you know, and it's, and that's, that's really what you want in your, um, in your employees. So they do a great job. I wish I could say that I helped. I didn't. We just have an awesome marketing team. So yeah. And that's, where I'm t- and then along the way, I started my consulting. I always say my teaching is first. My students come before everything. So they're my yeah. social, they're my currency. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And now it's almost summertime. So I, I hear you're, are you going to Google? You're going to go, you're going to no. go away? Oh, yeah, I am. I was like, wait, yeah. no. Yeah. I, um, so this, this spring, I um, applied for a grant to learn more about mindfulness. I'm a Reiki master. Oh, and wow. So, yeah, I'm going to, it's called the Karoo Institute, um, and I'm going to get certified in mindfulness to bring into pedagogy, which is teaching. And then uh, like a week later, I'm going to Google, and I'm going to their mindfulness training, not their um, teacher training, but just their training um, to learn more about mindfulness. So At Google? At, um, no, I think it's um, it's in Portland, so... I don't oh, gotcha. It's so a little bit north. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it's still by their, they have a, it's called Search Inside Yourself. It's an institute they have in oh, there. Oh, wow. I, I love the pun. Uh, I know, right? 
Uh, as soon as Google starts reading our minds, we're all in trouble. <laughs> they probably are already. <laughs> uh, well, this is awesome. Where can people find you and connect with you? You know, what are all the social? Just throw them out there. The links where people can, you know, reach out and connect. So the best way to contact me is through Twitter. I'm at really Layla. That's R E A A. Sorry, R E A L L Y L E I L A. That's probably the best way to contact me is through Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, same, it's like LinkedIn slash I N slash really Layla. Sure. Um, I don't have Facebook. Well, I have a personal Facebook account, but not really. A- All these strangers who listen to the podcast are friending you on Facebook. <laughs> like, didn't you hear the example earlier? Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Say hi no. first. Well, it's Say hi. Like Give me a like. sending an invite on LinkedIn and not saying hi. You know. yeah. Come on, people. I'm, I'm guilty of that, but I'm I do that too. <laughs> You gotta say hi and where you met. You know, we people. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're not just some stranger. Got it. Yep, that's true. Cool. cool. Um, and then what else? I have a uh, website that I'm gonna revamp because long story, long banjo, but really Layla social, and then my blog, which is hasn't been updated. I'm so I'm do as I say, not as I do. I'm really okay. Layla.com. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll put all that stuff on the show notes too. Awesome. Thank you. We'll be there. But yeah, thanks so much for coming and hanging out and chatting social here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been fun and yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, totally. And you know, everyone else, you have, if you learn something here, definitely share this episode with someone you know. And uh, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We'll see you all next time. Bye.